And today we've got a money manager expert for you, and it's Nobby Kleinman. Nobby is not your average guy, he's been a business owner and he brings a diverse wealth of experience to the table as an expert within the financial planning, internet marketing and business development space. He has nearly three decades expertise as a financial advisor. His major achievement is having developed the world's first complete program to help women manage money, eliminate debt and secure their financial future to become educated, empowered and enriched. He's the author of five international bestsellers. Uh, one is Want More Money Honey, which is a complete, no fluff, quick and easy to read book for managing personal financial manners. So with the introduction out of the way, Nobby, welcome to the show. Hi, Fred. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Do you just want to give us a, a bit of a background? Um, I've covered off briefly that you're a financial planner and you, you know, you're obviously in the finance game, but you want to give us a background of your history and then what got you into um, helping women manage their money? Look, my background is uh, basically that uh, for 20 years I was a financial planner and uh, I left the industry in 2006 after uh, I found that it was no longer fun uh, being a planner and compliance and auditing and, and everything like that just made it too difficult for me to be able to speak to people in simple English so that they could understand what I was saying. Um, you couldn't have a decent conversation with anybody and you would have to uh, you know, take responsibility for everything and put it in writing. Uh, otherwise, you could end up being sued. So I decided that's not the way that I wanted to run business. I wanted to be helpful to people. And so I left. Um, I took a couple of years off and uh, travelled um, around the world and around Australia and um, spent time landscaping the house and, and gardening and things like that. And then one day I got bored and a little switch went off in my head and um, said that I wanted to get back to helping people with managing their money but not going back into the regulated side of the industry. So that was 2006 that I left, 2008 when I decided to jump back into it and um, after uh, looking around for 12 months I found that I couldn't find um, any sort of software that I was looking for that I could help people with. So um, I sat down and uh, started working out what, I, what it was that people wanted. And while I was thinking about it, um, the thought came to me in the shower one morning um, and it gave me the answer to what I was looking for. So uh, I hopped out of the shower and I sat down for two weeks and, and wrote out what it was that um, that I wanted the program to do. And um, I then sent that off overseas to be built for me and it came back about three or four months later. And um, in essence, the uh, the program that I've got hasn't really changed so but what it what it does is more important than, than what the program is so um, and now I, I just go around and I talk to people the program was predominantly developed for women because uh, it was women who were always asking me uh, for help they would say I don't want to know about financial planning insurance or investment advice I just want to know how do I manage my daily money and so, and so you weren't getting those inquiries from the male fraternity. It was predominantly women, and that's that was the reason you focused on on that. 
What, what was the main problem that they were having? So, uh, just to answer that, that last question, um, yeah, it was um, women that were always asking the question. And um, I used to get it fairly regularly, which was interesting. Uh, it was never from men. Um, we know that men know everything. Uh, we're quite clever. But women, women are different in as much as women actually ask for help. Men don't ask for help. And so um, there's a big difference there. Women are looking for security. Uh, they're looking for comfort. They're looking for knowledge. Um, they want somebody to be able to say to them, look, you're doing the right thing. Or here, try this, use this, do this. Uh, here's something for you to follow. So women are looking for certainty, uh, whereas uh, men are prepared to fly by the seat of their pants and um, crash and burn if it goes wrong and then get up and do it all over again. Women are not like that. They're totally different. So was there one particular question that they'd ask you that would you know, actually start the conversation? It, it was basically, they would say to me, I don't want to know about financial planning or insurance or investment. Um, it, that's of no interest to me. I need to know how do I manage my daily money. So what I was finding uh, when I did a lot of research later on, I found that what was happening was um, women were meeting their boyfriends. They were getting married. Uh, they were then uh, buying their house. They were having their first child. And by the time they were ready to go back to work, they were ending up pregnant and um, then staying at home having the second child. So the career for which they had become uh, educated and, and trained was not actually happening. They were becoming housewives. So they were stuck at home having nothing to do back then. And this is before you know a lot of the internet stuff that you can do today. Um, so they didn't have access to it as much back then. But, uh, you know, the income their husbands were earning and bringing home wasn't increasing. And yet they had to make do with the same amount of money and the cost of living was rising. So things had to give somewhere along the line. And they were being stretched. People were living paycheck to paycheck, um, that continues today. More than 73% of the, the world's working population lives paycheck to paycheck. Um, they couldn't last three weeks or three months um, if they ran into financial difficulty. So these women were you know, going without, they were doing with less, um, they were making sure that there was uh, food on the table for their children, that their children had clothing and that they had uh, an education. But they themselves were staying at home and living a, uh, a less than expected life. So they wanted to know how, to, how could they better manage their money. So what's the first piece of advice that you, you, you'd, you'd like you'd offer? Uh, what do they need to do to, to you know, start the process? Hmm. You know, back then when I was a financial planner, it, Life was pretty good for me and uh, it was for everybody else and uh, because we would just keep talking to the people that had the money, um, people who didn't have money were not the clients that we wanted to talk to um, and I mean that's pretty brutal and basically honest and uh, nothing has really changed today. Um, 
the the reality was I would say to them, look, here's free advice for you. Spend less than you earn and pay the highest interest debt first. And these women would stand there with this look on their face as if it can't be as simple as that. There's got to be more to it than that. You're a financial planner. You drive around in a nice car. You've got nice clothes. Um, it looks like you've got money. So, you know, tell me what the secret is. And it, nothing had changed. It was just spend less than you earn, pay the highest interest debt first. When you're talking to people who don't have a lot of money, um, the answer is a very smug one. And, uh, and I have to say, you know, I apologize to a lot of the people who may have thought that I was being smug. Um, it certainly wasn't intended. It was what most of us had been fed um, by the companies. You know, it was go out, you want to talk to the next client who's got money. You don't want to spend your time talking to poor people. Um, and while that may even be good advice for, uh, for most businesses, the reality is 80% of the Australian population do not seek financial advisors uh, very simply because they don't believe they have enough money to do so. And that's a huge problem. Um, there's a lot more implications that go in behind that as well, Fred, because you look at Social Security and people who are going to retire. If 80% of the population are not seeking financial advice, um, when they get to retirement, which is happening now with all the baby boomers, then uh, this country is in a lot of trouble. Um, the, uh, the base of taxpayers back in the 1950s, you, you had about eight people who were paying tax. Actually, it was probably more. Back then, it was probably about uh, 12 to 14 people who were paying tax um, to support pensions as they were back then. And as it kept going, the, the number kept diminishing. Uh, we got to about eight who were supporting one pensioner. And today, I think we've got something like three people paying tax to support um, the Australian tax office. So you know, there's a huge problem and eventually that money pit is going to dry up and the government is going to be turning around they're going to be saying uh, we've either got to tax you more um, or we've got to find other sources of revenue and the biggest one that's out there at the moment is the superannuation pool um, so they can't wait to get their hands on that uh, and the other one they call the future fund um, so yeah so you know th there's a big 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 problem out there so you mentioned one thing there earlier about paying the highest interest rate first. Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, so conventional wisdom, as everybody is told, is if you have, let's say, three debts or two debts, um, the one that has the highest interest rate, and we know that credit cards are generally the worst offender of this, uh, so if you have a credit card with, let's call it 18%, and you have a personal loan at 10%, it makes sense to pay off the one with the highest interest rate first. Because um, irrespective of what the amount is, uh, generally you will find the one that's costing you the most in interest is the most expensive to keep. So the faster that you can pay that off, uh, the better off you're going to be. And that, that makes a considerable difference to the, you know, the overall outcome, I'd imagine. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, you know, when you've only got one or two um, debts, then um, then paying it uh, off in that order uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, however, what I did do was I built six different sorts of scenarios uh, into the software program and it doesn't always turn out to be that the highest interest debt is the best one to pay out first. Um, they're called strategies and uh, there are about six different strategies that you can just click through to find the one that will uh, give you the best order in which to pay out those debts so that you pay the least amount of interest and the least amount of time. So, like on that point where you said that there's a cat, there's you know there's a possible opportunity where it's not obviously, obviously the best way to go to pay out the biggest debt first. Can you give an example of that? Um, yes, yeah, sometimes what you find is you might have a twenty thousand dollar debt, um, and you may have a one thousand dollar debt. Um, another uh, way of thinking. Uh, that's been pushed in the US has been that um, you pay the smallest amount first um, rather than worrying about the, the highest interest rate first. And the reason for that is a psychological one. They believe that if you pay the smallest amounts first, each one that you pay out is a psychological win. And so therefore you've achieved that one, you've been successful with that one, now move on to the next one. And in doing that, you could actually end up paying a lot more in interest. So, um, but it could also uh, work the other way because now if you've paid that $1,000 off and you've done so very quickly, then the money that you are putting towards paying that off uh, can be used towards the higher interest rate debt and accelerate that payment. So six of one, half a dozen of the other, but it just depends. You've got to do the numbers. So, so I think it always gets down to keeping the same payment amount, like the total payment amount you, you make, so that you don't actually reduce that because you've paid off one debt. Would I correct in that? Yeah, um, you will always pay the minimum amount across the range on all of the debts. But somewhere along the line, one of those debts is uh, a better option to pay off quicker. And then once you've paid that off, uh, it's what's called snowballing. You take the amount of money that you're paying towards that debt and, uh, and any surplus and you roll it onto the next debt in order. So we spoke about your books before. Um, so are they available just in the bookshops or are they available online or... If somebody wanted to have a look at some of your books, how do they find them? Yeah, look, there's three books, um, One More Money, Honey, and Rich Girl, Poor Girl, and Spend and Grow Rich. Those three are available on Amazon. Uh, so you could just go and look up Nobby Kleinman uh, in Amazon.com, and you would find those three particular books there. I've got two others that uh, I need to get put up onto Amazon. Uh, that I wrote quite a while ago, but uh, I, I need to get those uh, put up on there. So uh, there is five books in total. But um, the feedback that I get from women on Want More Money, Honey, uh, has been incredible. 
um, a lady spoke to me last week. She said, I don't keep very many books on my uh, my bookshelf in the office, but uh, yours is there, she said, and I go back and I read it time and time again. Um, and I've had that from a number of women. So uh, it, it's funny how uh, it's a little bit humbling when they tell you something like that. Yeah, no, it's nice. It's a great title too. You know, like who, who wouldn't want more money? Yeah. Look, it's... Uh, the thing that uh, I, I've just done recently was I approached a fairly sizable organisation, 55,000 people in it, and um, I said to them, how would you like to offer all of your members a pay rise without actually giving them any more money? And because of the type of organisation that they were, they were very interested. So by the time I finished showing them the program, they said, all of our people should have this um, how can we get started? That was just the immediate response because what it did was it showed people how to use their existing money uh, to actually end up with more money. Um, the biggest problem that, that um, the world goes through is you are lent money on debts, you pay all of those debts off and the little bit that you have left over uh, you try and enjoy as a lifestyle. People need to understand that they actually need to save for their later years, not just pay off what they have to and then spend what's left. They should actually be doing a slightly different way around. But if they can pay off all their debts far more quickly and then start managing their money better, um, they will be better off. And it's never too late to start. So with your books and your program, that, that obviously gives people the tools and the insights on how they can achieve that. Um, we briefly mentioned your program before. Do you want to um, just give us a, a, you know, not not a huge intro to it, but okay, can you can you just tell us a little bit more about your actual package, your your program, and how people can actually find out more about it and you know and maybe get an introduction to it. Uh, okay, um, look, uh, the program's available online. You don't have to download anything. It's uh, it sits on a on a server in the cloud, and um, uh, it's it's a very very easy program to use. In fact, it was developed for women. Um, I often say that uh, that it is blonde proof, and the reason for that is uh, my partner is uh, she is blonde. She is not computer literate, but um, she has absolutely no trouble whatsoever using the program. So I know if it works for her, it'll work for anyone, and uh, that's been proven time and time again. So. Uh, all you do is you just log on, you put all of the information in, everything that most people know, um, their incomes, their debts, all of their debts, uh, and all of their lifestyle expenses. And I've shown people uh, in the program how, can the, how they can turn around and, and save their homes, um, save their marriages. Uh, the biggest problem um, in relationships quite often comes down to money. And uh, I had a couple in Brisbane, just a, as a quick story. A couple in Brisbane, she rang me up on a Saturday morning. She said, I have to go home and tell my husband, you know, should we sell the house or not? We've got it on the market and we've got an offer or should we just refinance? And I said, but you don't need to. Um, haven't you looked at your program? She said, well, no. So I said, well, give me a call when you get back home. We'll sit down and go through it. So she did and her husband was there and, and we went through it. And uh, the next morning they sent me an email and they said, um, we took down the for sale sign and we're going to follow the program and uh, we've adjusted the figures. We will actually be out of debt 
in 12 and a quarter years instead of 30 and we'll have our house. So I keep getting stories like that time and time and time again. Every time somebody runs through the figures and all they need to do is just follow what the program tells them to do. And they don't have to live poorly. You know, they don't have to change their lifestyle. Um, whatever they do is always up to them. That's an individual's choice. But uh, they can certainly come out of this a lot better than if they do nothing. A lot of people have problems with their managing their money and everything, and they stick their head in the sand and hope that it will go away or that somebody will come along and press a big green button. Um, but it's never going to happen. Everybody needs to take responsibility for their own money. Yeah, no, you've got to take take responsibility for everything you do in life. So we didn't cover off of how people can actually find out more about it. Um, and just as a, a final question to close out, the, what's the best place for people to get in contact with you and find out more about it? Uh, look, it, it's... Uh just go online to www.moneyrules, M-O-N-E-Y-R-U-L-E-S.com.au and um, there'll be a page there that they can read through that and uh, they can even get in touch. You know, and again, the nice title for the website as well, Money Rules, it certainly does and it's, uh, it controls a lot of our life. <laughs> certainly does, that's for sure. All right, Navi, I really appreciate the chat this, this morning um, and um, hopefully we'll catch up again soon and we can expand a bit more on how money uh, doesn't have to control your life but how you can control it. And that's the important thing, Fred. You've got to take control of it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, thanks again, Navi. Terrific. Fred. Thank you, Fred. Welcome everyone to another episode of More Marketing Ideas with me, Fred Gillen, your host, where you will learn from industry experts based on their life's experiences and business processes. So let's get on with the show. Well, now it's time for a word from our sponsor. And right now, that's me, Fred Gillen, your host of More Marketing Ideas podcast. Yes, just like you, I'm in business and I'm here to help. If you would like to have a free, no obligation consultation with me to see how I can work with you and your business to help you attract more clients, pre-qualify them and build your business, then simply reach out to me on Facebook Messenger at m.me forward slash more marketing ideas. So it's that easy. Just reach out, let's get together and uh, see what we can do to help grow your business. It's Greg Gillen at more Marketing Ideas podcast. Take care and have a great day.